Welcome back to Nomics Grand Gaming Adventures. This week I'm reviewing a game called Valheim. Currently sits at 96% positive out of 157,000 reviews. It is developed by Iron Gate AB and published by Coffee Stain Publishing. Now I have to note first that this is actually an early access game. So this review is subject to change based on what they change later on, but they've been fairly consistent in the 40 hours that I put into it. Now, without going too much into spoiler, um, I'm just going to give you a rough idea on what the story is. So basically, you're a character whose soul is ferried to Valheim, which is the 10th Norse world tasked to slay Odin's rivals and bring order to Valheim itself. So you're basically there to take on the Forsaken enemies. Now, firstly, about this game, it is an open-world survival-type game. It is uh, pretty huge. We have not... I'm playing with a couple friends, and we have not explored very much of the world at all. It kind of works like Minecraft, if, it, if you've ever played that, where there's different biomes, and you'll see those biomes re repeat throughout the world. So as of right now, there's a, you start in a meadow biome, and then you enter something called the Black Forest... And then you can also enter into swamps, and I think there's plains. But there's probably biomes that I haven't even gone to yet, because I'm still there's still a lot to the game. I want to say that there's about seven bosses. I've only defeated two. But with this being similar to Minecraft, it has the map seed that like a Minecraft would have. So you, if you have a certain world that you want to share with your friends, or if you want to try to create a world that <laughs> is custom to a word that you design... You, there's a 10-digit world seed that you can enter in or save. And I think we did one Megatoad 2. And then I don't remember what we're playing right now. But the first seed was okay. We weren't impressed, but we had to restart anyway because we had a third guy join us. And so we're doing a different one now. and it, We're liking this world setup currently a lot. But based on the, the seed that you put in, the world varies. Just like a Minecraft would. Now also a little bit more about the world. There is base building. There's shipbuilding, there's different types of defenses like fencing and, and whatnot that you can put up. But the way to unlock new recipes is to actually find new items. So if you find a, a different type of wood, which allows you to craft something that is made out of that specific type of wood. So it unlocks the new recipe for that crafting. Currently, I think there's four different types of wood that I've encountered. And they each have different purposes, so it, it's pretty unique. You can also build ships, as I mentioned. You can start off with a basic raft and eventually work your way up to a longboat even more, possibly. I'm not further than that. Then again, you can also build fences and stuff around your buildings. Now, I have not really found any limitations to building. The only thing that it really requires is for you to have a workbench, which is your crafting center. And you can then it gives you like a circular zone around that workbench that you can build in. And you can set up workbenches right next to each other, uh, outside of that circle, and then overlap circles too. So you can continue to make workbenches to make a big territory, basically. I think currently we have about a five or six building plot that we have going on, and quite a few workbenches to help fuel that. But yeah, as I mentioned, it's a survival game, so you have to eat food to maintain your life. You start with 25 HP as you eat different types of food. It'll raise your HP maximum, and then for that duration that the food is still in your system, you'll gain re uh, regen based off of the food you eat. So if you eat like a mushroom, I think it gives you 20 more HP max, and then it gives you plus one or two 
HP per tick, which is just a timer basically for you to regen. So if you get damaged and you're in that food is still active in your system, you'll regain that amount of HP slowly but surely. Eventually that food does wear off and you can eat more. There's three different types of food slots that you can have active at one time. So I usually eat uh, meat and then a mushroom and a berry. And it usually gives me somewhere around 70 to 80 HP, which is pretty survivable early on in the game. But that is how the HP and survival aspect works food-wise. Now there are enemies that you encounter throughout. At night there's more enemies. And at night you can also encounter waves of enemies too, depending upon where you're at. But yeah, you really can't go through a whole lot without encountering some sort of enemy. Which brings me on to the combat. It's one to two-handed weapons, shields, bows. You can have uh, spears that you can throw, which is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, that's how we hunted deer for early on, where we threw spears to kill them. But then during the combat too, as you're taking hits and stuff, you can parry attacks. You can also roll out of the way. You have a stamina bar that... Once you run out of stamina, you become pretty easily killed, if you're not careful. And there's times where if you forget to eat the food, you'll learn the hard way that you're going to die pretty quickly. Now, there are stats that you increase by running around, doing combat. If you jump, <laughs> you can level up your jumping skills. If you run, you can level up your running skills. As you perfect those skills, as you gain rank in those skills, you get faster. Your jumps take less stamina, I believe. You can swim faster. You can kill things quicker if you're leveling up your like your polearm trait. If you're harvesting wood, cutting down trees, you can level up your axe uh, trait. You can also level up your pickaxe for mining rock. But the one side effect is, is if you die, you lose some ranks in all those skills. So it's best to try not to die. I mean, that's pretty obvious with most games, but this one, that is a side effect. Now, this should have probably have been mentioned earlier, but there is kind of a tutorial in this game, too. There's a bird, I think his name's Huron or something like that, but he flies around when you pick up a new item, like when you pick up your first stone, he'll tell you about stone, but whenever you encounter something new, he'll tell you about it. Like your first nighttime, he'll, t he'll fly up and poof nearby. He's kind of like a magical bird that just, he's kind of like a wizard. But he he, uh, he tells you random stuff. I, I'm to the point where I don't really click on him a whole lot because I'll actually I'll accidentally miss him during combat because he has the worst timing. But he is there to help guide you through the game startup. Now I mentioned that I'm playing with a couple friends. This is one pretty cool aspect to this game in my opinion. So if you've ever played again Minecraft, you'll know how servers work in Minecraft. But there is also another game that I played prior to this called Conan Exiles, where everything had to be off of a server. So you could play on official servers, or you could play on a public server, somebody who rented the server and made it public, or you could also buy or rent your own server. This game has that ability where you can host a server up to ten players publicly for anyone to join. You can also do it directly from your computer, which is nice. So people can, if you're active, if you have the save file for a game, other people can log in to your world and everything saves. So my buddy, he hosts the game every time that we log in. Granted, I, we can't really progress in the world without his computer running, but we're doing it as a true co-op, so it doesn't bother us. But it is nice that you don't have to pay monthly for a server, like some of the other games would. And again, you can have 1 to 10 players, which is pretty neat. 
we have three currently going on on that one, and it's pretty difficult at times. We find ourselves dying a lot still, and so the challenge is still there. So I was actually bouncing around a lot on the score for this game. And again, it's early access, so a lot of things can change. It could get worse, it could get better. But right now, I think this game is a solid 8. I, for a while there, was thinking that it could be a 9. Then I went down to an 8.5. Went down as low as a 7. Came back up to a 7.5 and settled on 8. So the reasoning for this. Some pluses that are besides the gameplay. The file size for this game is phenomenally small. You would think that most games would be minimum 5 to 10 gigs anymore, and then uh, they can go as high as 140 gigabytes, which is ridiculous, but it does happen. And this game here, I believe, is less than a gig, which you wouldn't think so, being that it's a third-person-style survival game where you run around and hack and slash things, but it is. Now, how they do this partially is the graphics are a little... A little different. I'm not going to say that they're bad. I actually like the graphics, but if you're interested in this game and you're somebody who gets bothered by graphics that may not be absolute high def, I highly recommend watching a demo or a YouTube video of this first with somebody who's playing it because the graphics are a little... Not 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 necessarily like an Assassin's Creed. But those graphics, I I actually kind of like these graphics. They grew on me pretty quickly, and it doesn't bother me. I can see it bothering somebody, though, so that is a pro or con, depending upon how you look at it. But definitely check that out if you are looking to pick this game up. One other really noteworthy aspect to this is that the price, in my opinion, is a steal. The price for this game right now is $20. I don't know if that'll increase when they leave early access, but... I think it's totally worth $20. Even if you play it and get bored, I don't think that you'll be disappointed by the $20 price point. There's enough crafting to keep you busy. There's enough bosses to work at. The bosses are kind of puzzled, uh, like a puzzle type thing, so you have to figure out how to summon a boss to defeat the boss. So you have that element, which could be frustrating, but there's plenty of stuff on Google if you want to just cheat. But there's a lot of things to, to, to find. There's also caves and stuff to go into. I didn't really mention that. There are a lot of different elements to discover. Exploration is my actually my favorite part of this game. Whereas my buddy loves crafting. Good for him. <laughs> I like to explore. Check the world out. That's that's what does it for me. But yeah, for $20, this game, in my opinion, is a, is a pure steal. It should be $35, $40, to be honest. Now, on to the negatives that kind of demote it down to an 8. Because right now it sounds, you know, 9 or 10-ish, which is, again, why I was leaning that way. But the reason why I give it an 8, even though the game runs fairly well, there are a few things that are slightly annoying to me. I encounter some lag during combat scenes. My my uh, buddies don't really encounter that. I do, for whatever reason. And I have a fairly top-notch computer. And again, this game is not terribly demanding. It might just be my connection to the host, but it, it's not fun to be chased by an enemy that could one-shot you <laughs> and then have all of a sudden some lag go on and you're like, holy crap, am I going to die? It's not enjoyable to risk losing your skills, to drop your loot and have to run back and pick that up. So that's frustrating. There was a point that we encountered a bug where some of the inventory chests that we built could not be opened. We thought about logging off and, and coming back into the game, starting everything back up again, and seeing if that would fix it. 
But we ended up just leaving it, going and playing for about 45 minutes and coming back, and they were able to be accessed then. But none of us, all three of us, we could not open those chests. And they had a lot of our valuable stuff. So that was kind of scary. We thought we would lose some of our progress. And so if those types of bugs exist, that could be potentially harmful to a player depending upon if those bugs go away or if if we had logged off there's a chance that maybe when we log back in those chests would be completely ruined and we didn't you know we just got lucky i don't know (laughs) i don't want to encounter that again it's only happened once in 40 hours so it's not bad but it does exist and again this game's early access so those types of things will probably be worked on some of the other things that get frustrating for me is that Difficulty in this game is not only your skill ability, your response time, your preparation, such as eating food and having armor, but it's also swarms. I don't mind swarms of enemies, but there's no way to keep them away from you. So there's no, like, at night, whereas, like, in Minecraft, you could build torches, it would prevent enemies from spawning. There's nothing to do that here. Even our town, which we have completely fenced in besides the waterway because we didn't run a fence through the water, which we could have, but what's the point? There's enemies that will spawn in the middle of our camp. And then they just start wrecking our base. Granted, I don't think they've ever destroyed anything because they're not... We usually catch them early on, and we've been pretty fortunate with that, but there's no way to ward them off that we've discovered. There's no type of auto defenses, whereas like in Conan Exiles, you could capture npcs and break them and make them on your team so then they would defend against raids and things like that there's nothing like that here so there's really no base defenses so these things do get kind of frustrating when you're out mining different ores there's no way to prevent them from swarming you and it seems like i'll travel outside my base during morning day by the time i find something i actually want to harvest it'll be nighttime and then the swarms are extra swarmy uh and so they just continue to rush you and so every few hits on a rock trying to get some ore out of it like copper you have to swap to your weapon and stab five or six enemies to kill them all and then they respawn i kid you not three or four hits later so it it gets kind of tedious after a while there's no way to prevent that from happening at least from what I can tell, besides maybe going the, during the nighttime, looking for a node, and then finding it, and then harvesting during the day. And then lastly, the other thing that really bothers me about this game, and it's not... None of these are game-breaking. Like, I, I can deal with it. It's just there's a few things that I think they can improve upon. And the last thing that I can really think of that they can improve upon would be the hitting a, a difficulty wall. So, when we found the swamp biome... There's a new metal that's inside the swamp. In order to get into the swamp to get those metals, we first. this is a first time really encountering poison. Pretty much every enemy there can poison you. And the poison lasts anywhere from 10 to 20 seconds, 10 or 20 ticks. So every second you'll take damage from this poison. I kid you not, at 78 health, I could be poisoned twice back to back and die. Now, we figured out that there's poison resist potions that reduce that. We figured out that there's health potions that we could work on, but we hadn't advanced far enough for this at the time. We weren't really sure on how these things work because there's really no guide on telling you how to unlock potions and stuff. You just kind of find it as you go. But to enter a new biome, sometimes that biome is just too hard. (laughs) And you need stuff from that biome to be able to do that biome. 
you hit basically a difficulty wall, which forces you to spend hours and hours or days of play to get different mats, to upgrade your armor, to upgrade, to get all these potions, because they're not fast. You can't just craft a potion immediately. It takes like an entire day in the game or something to craft five or six of them. And so the amount of potions you can make and the amount of time it takes to get these things, you kind of have to have other stuff to do. And because you hit these difficulty walls where you can try to go through and maintain, but then if you die, you lose your stats, which could be very frustrating. So all in all, I don't really like hitting difficulty walls, which you're, you're, you're going to overcome. Like, it's not like a permanent thing. I hate being forced to put 10 hours into a game just to be able to do an area. Now, likewise, I do hate it being too easy, so I get that. There's better ways to do it, in my opinion. There's no reason why something that you really need needs to take an entire day in the game. Maybe make it half day? <laughs> like, adjust the times or allow you to get maybe a little bit more. I guess it also depends on how many people are playing. I don't know if difficulty stacks based on how many people are loaded in. It seems pretty hard for three people right now where I'm at. And considering how there's limited resources, not everything has a respawn that I've noticed. I think the berries and stuff that grow in bushes do, but ores and stuff, I don't see them coming back. Those types of things can be difficult to obtain. And if you die and lose it, then you gotta find everything over again. That's just one of my other frustrations, but that's really all they are. I'm a little nitpicky about it because I think this game is excellent. I think there's a lot of potential to become even better. But I can understand why they do what they do. It's a fine line. If you make it too easy, then it's too easy, obviously. If you make it too swarmy, then it's too tedious. I think they're doing pretty well for early access, and I think they're going to adjust things as they go along. But right now, those few little issues of mine, I, I think for the average player, this is going to be a solid 8. But yeah, definitely for 20 bucks. if you're interested in this type of game, pick it up. I don't think you'll regret it. But yeah, that sums Valheim up. And the next game that I'm going to be reviewing in two weeks is a game called King of Dragon Pass, which I haven't started playing yet at the time of this recording, so I'm going to have to put some hours into it and get a good try. Very excited for it. I've been watching it for the last year or two. Finally picked it up not too long ago, so it's not an older game in my inventory, but it's one that I just recently added. And then lastly, again, if you want to reach out any suggestions or give me feedback, you can do that through leaving a review on Apple Store or anywhere that you listen to. Or you can also reach me out at my email, which will be in the show notes at nomicsgaming at gmail.com. And if you have a request for a game that you want reviewed, definitely drop it in. Because even though I may not own it, there's a very good chance that I do. And if I don't, there's a very good chance I'll pick it up. <laughs> so definitely don't hesitate. I'm always open to suggestions. I'm always looking for the next game to obsess over to. And uh, again, thank you for listening. And hopefully you'll join me in two weeks. See you then. Okay.